Welcome to the Family Church Waterside Christmas service and um, we're great that we can connect with you um, in this way this evening whether you're watching this live or whether you're able to uh, watch this later we're so glad that you're here with us and able to join us so we're just going to celebrate uh, what Christmas is truly all about celebrate Jesus and his birth and what that means for us uh, 2,000 years later so I'm just going to hand over to our, our awesome worship team who are going to lead us in some carols first. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Oh, come, let us adore him. Worship Christ the King, come and worship, 
Let's go and sing Joy to the World.
That was beautiful. Thank you, worship team, for just leading us in those um, lovely carols. So this is my wife, Wendy, and and I'm Paul, and we're the pastors of Family Church Waterside. And just on behalf of both of us, we just want to wish you a very, very uh, Merry Christmas. And it's great that you're here with us uh, connecting in this this way um, tonight, or if you're watching this later on Catch Up. But have a great Christmas, and we just wish you a real kind of prosperous and blessed and just peaceful Christmas and and New New Year time. We're just going to have a couple of readings from Scripture about the very first Christmas and what Christmas is truly all about. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Wendy now. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. I hope you have an awesome Christmas with your family over the next few weeks. So, And we're going to kick it off, obviously, tonight just celebrating who Jesus is, was, and still is, um, and the amer- amazing miracle of his birth and his arrival on earth. So let's just going to read from Luke 2. So it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there together with red, re, to register with Mary, who had been pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, they came for the baby. To, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. And there were the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. There will be great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all of heard was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which they had just as been told about. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Amen. So I'm just going to invite my son Jack to come up and read the next scripture to you. This is Matthew 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star, and when it rose, we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them when the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, this is what the, where the, what the prophet had, has written. But you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means, no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found, found out from them that the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. After they have heard the king, they went on their way, and a star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. That's great. So thank you so much to Wendy and, and for Jack for sharing those scriptures on the, the very first Christmas. Now I'm going to hand back to our worship team. We're going to lead us in another carol. Every 
Steamers, that's lovely. So I'm following on from those carols. I'm just going to just speak just for a few minutes. Just got a Christmas message I just want to share uh, share with you, and I believe it's just going to speak to speak into your hearts uh, this evening. You know, we've been singing some great some great carols there, and every single one was was chosen, you know, to reflect who Jesus was and and who he was 2,000 years ago, and why that still matters to us 2,000 years later. So that's kind of where the context of what I'm going to talk about talk about this evening. So I'm, I'm going to be talking about names and, and and the name of Jesus and what's actually in a name. You know, in, in our culture in, in the West in, or in the UK, which we live, names are chosen for a whole kind of different myriad of reasons, aren't they? Um, often when we, if you've got children, then you know, we just pick a name that we like and think, oh, that'd be a nice name. Or sometimes it's based on an ancestor, isn't it? A, a parent or a grandparent or a great-grandparent. And we kind of like to keep that kind of family tradition going. Um, and that's often the context of uh, which names are chosen. Um, you know, um, my name is Paul, 
and you may not know that it's the Roman name, and it is a Roman name, and the name means little. So I ended up being five foot seven. So <laughs> very thankful to my parents for that, for giving, me, for giving me a prophetic name. I say thank you for that. But Paul does mean little um, in the Roman culture. Now, but in biblical times, names had real significance. And I'm not saying they don't have any significance now, but often the way we choose them is just different now. Because when they were chosen in biblical times, they had real significance. They would really, really think about it and, and pray about it before they would give a child, uh, child a name. And it was very, very significant in that culture. So I just want to draw some stuff out of that uh, this evening. Wendy read this bit earlier in Luke, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, verse 21. It says, on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise circumcised the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So even at this point, it's, making the, it's, it's saying the significance about the name Jesus, and there was huge significance in it. Um, in some cultures around the world, it's actually quite a common name, particularly in Latin America, kind of South America, Jesus, which is how they pronounce Jesus, is actually quite a common, it's actually quite a common name that's chosen. But there's real significance about this name, Jesus. I want just kind of just a, well, any name will do. It needs to be Jesus. And you can see here that the angel had given them a name. But we're going to look at the context of that, of why he was called Jesus. And there's a context where, where Mary, um, who's his natural mother, and Joseph, who's kind of like his stepfather, because we know that obviously God was his, God was his father, and, and an angels appeared to them in two different accounts. And it talks about them giving him the name Jesus. I'm just going to look at those. So this is in context with Mary. It says this in Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's her cousin Elizabeth, who's the, the mother of John the Baptist as well, if you may know that. Um, so in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, she would be confused and disturbed, right? Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. So the, Gabe, the angel Gabriel is very clear, he must be given the name Jesus. There's real context and meaning to this name. He must give the name Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Because I am a virgin. That's a fair question, right? Verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. Let's skip to verse 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. Then the angel left her. So it's very, very clear. So angel Gabriel here is explaining all the things that are going to happen. And it says that Mary was confused and disturbed. And that's not surprising really, all these things that, that the angel was saying were going to happen to Mary. But it was very clear that you must call him Jesus. That will be his name. It will be Jesus. And then we see this again in, a, in an account. This is in Matthew. Where Joseph, of course, is, his, is not his natural father, but is his stepfather. He was betrothed to be married uh, to Mary. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 to 21, it says this, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in both the account with, with Mary... When they have experience with the angel Gabriel and with Joseph, 
Jesus' stepfather, it's very, very clear that he must be called Jesus. So there's obviously significance going on. That's what I just want, I want to expand on tonight. So as I mentioned at the beginning, in, in biblical times, then the names had real significance. There were six different reasons why people would choose different names. I wouldn't use necessarily all six at the same time, but they'd often pick one of these reasons why they would give a child, a baby, a particular name. Number one, a biblical name, it could record some aspects of a person's birth. So sometimes if there was a difficult birth, let's say, um, then they would, they would give a name uh, surrounding that. There were some uh, babies in the Bible, weren't they, called, called pain and things because it had been a difficult birth. That's not the kind of name that you really want, is it? Secondly, biblical names sometimes expressed the parent's reaction to the birth of their child. For example, Abraham and Sarah's baby Isaac means he who laughs or he will laugh because they both laughed when God told them they were going to have a baby and the, the great promise that, that God had for them and they basically laughed because like, we're old and that's just not going to happen and God did a, did a miracle there. So when baby Isaac was born, he was named he will laugh. So often it expressed the parent's reaction to the actual birth itself. Thirdly, Biblical names are sometimes used to secure the solidarity of family ties. And this is often in, in our Western culture in which we use names. Like I said, it could be an ancestor, kind of a, a parent, a, a grandparent. But it was often used in biblical times as well. There are f a fourth reason. Biblical names are often used to establish an affiliation with God. I'll kind of come on to those a bit more in a second. Number five, biblical names could be used to communicate God's message. And, and sixth reason, biblical names were given to establish authority over somebody else or to indicate a new beginning or a new direction in a person's life. A good example of that would be like with, with Peter, where originally he was called Simon, which means reed. And Jesus says to him, you were like a wavering, wavering reed, kind of blowing in the wind, but now you're going to be Peter, which, which means rock. And, you know, that kind of changed his whole destiny of who he was. So, so in biblical times, they had real significance is what I want to kind of get across tonight. So there was real significance of the baby being named Jesus because it explained about who he was. It wasn't just, could have just been any old name. It was, it was really important. So in Hebrew, the word that we translate as Jesus is Yeshua, which is where we also get the name Joshua from. Okay, they got the same root word. We can translate as Jesus or Joshua. But in Hebrew is Yeshua. And it literally means the Lord God Almighty or Yahweh, which is kind of the Jewish kind of name for the Lord God. The Lord God Almighty saves. Yahweh saves. And, and I want to pick three of those different things about the, what the significance of names were in the Bible and why that matters in who Jesus was. The fourth reason we gave earlier when, looked, when I did that list of six was that biblical names were used to establish an affiliation with God. Well, Jesus' name literally means God saves. It was, he was Jesus, was God in human form. There was an affiliation with God himself. We also looked at there was a that names could be used to communicate God's message. Jesus was communicating a message direct from God. Because his name means God saves. It was, it was giving us the message that as humans we need saving and that Jesus is our saviour. And number six, I mentioned that a name could be used to establish authority over somebody else or over another. Jesus was, it was so in the context of Jesus, Jesus was the only one who could save or the ultimate authority. So he fulfilled a num whole number of these reasons why a name was given, why he was given the name Jesus, Yahweh saves, the Lord God Almighty saves. Luke 2, verse 10 to 11, which Wendy read earlier, when the angels appear to the shepherds, 
It says this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So the Savior has been born. He's fulfilling who his name has destined him to be. Now we sung earlier, joy to the world. One of the first lines in one of the choruses, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. That's who Jesus was destined to be. And who Jesus was 2,000 years ago is still just as important now as it was then. You know, the good news this Christmas is in this, you know, the strangest of years that we've all just lived through, is that this baby was destined to be the Savior of the world. And 2,000 years later, or roughly 2,000 years later, he is regarded, Jesus is regarded as saved by millions, in fact, billions of people across the planet. That's the reality and the facts. So you may be thinking, well, how was Jesus the Savior? What, what do you even mean? What, what do we need saving? I don't need saving. What, what do I need saving from? What do you even mean? Well, in Romans 3 in the Bible, it says this. This is verse 23 to 25. It says this. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So what this is talking about here is talking about the, the cross. And you may know about the cross or may just think, well, that's just something that we, people wear around their necks, wear, wear a cross necklace. or what, you know, what, What's the relevance of that? But this was about who Jesus was destined to be. His name and the significance of a name, meaning God saves. Yahweh saves. The Lord God Almighty saves. As he came for a reason and came with purpose. And the Bible says, as we just read, that he came to save us from our sins. Now you may be thinking, well, what's a sin? Or that's a bit of a scary word or an old-fashioned word. What, what is that, what's that all about? What does that mean? The sin, the sin is just talking about for all of us have done things wrong in our lives. If we're all honest with ourselves and analysed our lives and look back at our lives, maybe even look back at today, I don't know. Then if we're honest with ourselves, we'd all accept we've all, none of us have lived perfect lives. I haven't, certainly haven't lived a perfect life. And if we're all honest with ourselves, that would be the case for each and every one of us. So what the Bible's saying is that we all need God's redemption. We all fall short of God's standard because God himself is perfect. Then none of us as human beings can live out that standard. So what Jesus did is, is he paid the price on a cross 33 years later and paid the, cro- paid the price on the cross by giving up his very life and saying, you know, all, this, all the punishment for sin, all the punishment that we, there could ever be for anything you've ever done wrong or everything that's separating you from God or having a relationship with God, I'm going to deal with that once for all. I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to take it upon myself. That was the very desti- destiny that Jesus had because his name meant the Lord God Almighty saves. That was his purpose in life, was to save us. As so I read in that scripture, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So the great news is, is that we can all be totally free from sin. The great news is we can all have a relationship with God, our creator, the, the, the God that, that put this whole universe, and the, including the human race, into existence. We can have a relationship with him because of, because of Jesus. And, because, and it all starts with him coming as a baby, but then what he did 33 years later by paying the price for us so we could have a relationship with him. Now, that brings so much hope to our lives. I don't think it would be too much of a, 
you know, stretch point to say that the world needs hope right now, in this most unusual and craziest of years that the whole that the whole world has lived through. The world needs hope right now. And the great news is, is that Jesus is still that hope. Jesus was that hope 2,000 years ago, and here in 2020, he's still that hope today. You know, and the question for all of us is, what are we going to do about the fact about who Jesus was? What, what do we do about that, or how do I react to that? We can say, well, that doesn't affect my life, I don't care, or I don't believe it, or did Jesus even exist? And they can all be kind of, you know, big questions that we have. And Jesus, when he was on earth, he, he asked his disciples and he said, well, who do you say I am? And they kind of came up with a whole load of different, different things. And then some said the right things and, and some you know, weren't sure who were listening. And that's still a question uh, that's worth asking 2,000 years later. Who do you say Jesus is? Now, maybe you've heard that Jesus is a myth. Maybe you've heard that Jesus didn't even exist. It's just something that people have made up or religions made up. Well, what I want to say to you, this is just, this is, these are just facts and realities that... You know, there are no serious historians who doubt that Jesus existed. There may be, diff of course, there are people having different opinions about what he may or may not have said or, or who he was. But no serious historians doubt that Jesus existed. I was reading recently that even, even the um, well-known atheist Richard Dawkins has finally accepted that Jesus definitely did exist. You know, so, that, so, so the facts are that Jesus existed. And, and there, are there are thousands, millions, in fact, billions of people 2,000 years later who follow him. So I don't know about you, but when I look at that, I think this is, a, this is worth listening to what he had to say. Because clearly he's impacted millions and billions of people's lives. So that is a question for us all now, is, is who do you say I am? And, you know, the great news is that you can know Jesus as your saviour. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, it's because he loved you. In the Bible, John 3.16 says, For God has so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, Jesus, that whoever will believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Remember, that's the very destiny, that's the very essence of who he was, to be our saviour. And you can know him as your saviour this evening. And for those of us who have been singing carols, for me speaking and my wife speaking earlier, we, we know Jesus as our saviour. We know what it is to have a relationship with God. And all we've, well, there's nothing special about us, because I said none of us have lived perfect lives. But all we've done, we've accepted Jesus is who he said he was. And, and he died on a cross for us, so that we could, and he paid the price for us, so that we could be made new and our sins could be forgiven, so we could be in right relationship with God. And you can know that too this evening. And if that's you, you're listening to this and, and you want to know more about Jesus or you want to invite Jesus into your life, I'm just going to pray a prayer now. I'm just going to give you an opportunity just to say that prayer along with me. And say, yeah, God, I, I want you in my life. I want the hope of Jesus this, this Christmas. I need to know what it is to be right in the sight of God, to make my peace with God. You can do that this evening. And it's so easy. You just have to accept the reality of what Jesus said and who he said that he was, he was the Lord God Almighty who saves. He was your saviour. He loves you and, and, and died for you and wants to have a relationship with you. But he won't force you, but he, but he longs for you to, to come to him and to have relationship. So if that's you this evening, I just encourage you just to pray this prayer and just invite God into your heart this evening. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you that you came to earth 2,000 years ago. And you came as a baby, and you came in humble beginnings, Lord God, but you came for a reason, Jesus. 
and I accept the reason that you came, and the reason you came to earth is because you love me. And your destiny was to be a saviour, to be the saviour, to be the Lord God Almighty who saves. And I accept what you did for me on the cross, and I, and I want all my sins to be forgiven. I want to make my peace with God as I'm listening to this this evening. I invite you now, Jesus, into my life. Change me. Make me new. Wash all my sin away. I want to be right in your sight. I want to make my peace with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've, if you've prayed that this evening or you're watching this later on Catch Up, you've made a great decision. You've made the best decision you could ever possibly make, in fact. And, you know, if you've made that decision, if you've responded in that way, I'd really encourage you to get in touch with us. Um, you can email me directly at, in, at waterside at family.church. You can email me um, and let us know that you've made that response. Or if you just want to know more about God, or want to know more about the church, um, you know, or who Jesus is or why this matters 2,000 years later, then please email us as well. You know, we'd love just to, just to chat with you and connect with you in that way. But have a lovely, lovely Christmas. In this most unusual of years, we wish you a peaceful Christmas. Wish you, wish you great health this Christmas. And Christmas may look very different in terms of how we connect with our families and friends. It's going to look different for, for me and my friends and family. This year is affecting us all in different, different ways. But I just wish you such a peaceful Christmas and you know the peace of God this Christmas. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand back to our worship team. They're going to lead us and another couple of carols. So why not just join, join in with these and sing along to these and celebrate together who Jesus is. Thank you. Here's one you can sing nicely at home. <coughs> this one's got little parts in it. And it goes, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong.
team done such an amazing job this evening thank you thank you so much for leading us in all those uh, all those carols so we're just going to kind of uh, close um close there i believe that the worship team are going to do another kind of song in a second but just on behalf of myself and wendy just want to wish you just a very very merry christmas it's been so good to be able to connect uh, in this way uh, with you tonight and yeah we just wish you a very very christmas um you know, for those who attend Family Church Waterside and those we know well, of course, we're also praying for you and, yeah, we love you and we miss you and, yeah, we trust you have a great Christmas from any of those people watching. It's just, we're just so pleased you're able to connect with us and we're wishing you a very, very uh, blessed Christmas as well and in so many ways, you know, stay safe. We're praying for God's protection, believe in God's protection over you uh, this Christmas. Have a great new year.
too. Yeah, and it's so great that we can just still celebrate, you know, the reason for the season together um, in in this way. And I'm just so thankful personally. And we're just so thankful for the hope that Jesus, the hope that Jesus brings. Let's just focus on that. As we and all the kind of the festive stuff that's happened happening this year, which will look different, of course. But all the festive stuff that is happening. Remember the reason for the season. What it's all about. It's all about Jesus and 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 the destiny of who he was going to be and his death on the cross for us as the Savior, Lord God Almighty, who saves. On our praise God, praise God. Thank you. Oh, yes, next Sunday. Got a little prompter here. Thank you for that. Uh, look, next Sunday as well. Um, I was just going to mention, um, if, you, if, you, if you don't, aren't aware, then uh, Family Church Waterside is, is part of kind of a wider, um, uh, a wider church. Um, kind of we have different congregations within that church, so we meet in different locations. Um, so we've kind of got a whole church, Family Church Christmas service as well. Um, so next Sunday at half past ten, you can find that on YouTube. Um, and on Facebook, and just look for FC Live. as uh, the easiest way to find it on Facebook, on, on YouTube. Look for FC Live on Facebook. Just look for Family Church. Um, yeah, we'd love, to, yeah, so it's going to be awesome. So much great stuff going on. It's going to be a lot of, lot of fun, very festive, and of course, Jesus at the center of it all, uh, quite rightly as well. So that's going to be half past 10 um, this, coming, this coming Sunday. But yeah, I'm going to hand back over to our, our team. Uh, yes, and a huge, huge Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. From from myself and Wendy, and of course all of us, all of us who are here this evening. Thank you. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, over fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, 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 jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Well, a day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bryan was seated by my side, her horse was lean and lame, his fortune seemed as large, we got into a drifting bank and then we got upside, oh, Jingle bells, jingle 